Grab your Bible and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy chapter number one. The book of Deuteronomy chapter number one. book of Deuteronomy chapter number 1. We're going to begin reading with verse number 19. I'm living, I'm living, I'm reading this morning from the Living Bible. I don't, I have never taken a text from the Living Bible, but I just like what it says, so I'm going to do it this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 1 began reading with verse number 19, reading from the Living Bible. The Bible says, and this is Moses talking, and Moses says, then we left Mount Horeb, and traveled through the great and terrible desert, finally arriving among the Amorite hills to which the Lord our God had directed us. We were then at Kadesh Barnea, on the border of the promised land. And I said to the people, the Lord God has given us this land. Go and possess it as he told us to. Don't be afraid, don't even doubt. But they replied, first, let's send out spies to, do, to discover the best route of entry and to decide which cities we should capture first. This seemed like a good idea. So I chose 12 spies, one from each tribe. Let's look back at verse 19 again. Where Moses says, we were then at Kadesh Barnea, but notice it says on the border, on the border of the promised land. And that's what I'm using for my subject today, on the border of the promised land. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I just pray today that you will use your word, Lord, not my sermon today, not my outline today, not me, but God, I pray that you will use your word today. Holy Spirit, make the word of God come alive to us today. Lord, let us receive and act upon the challenge that we're going to receive today for your glory. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Let's play make-believe for just a moment. Just imagine telling your kids, we're going to Disney World. So you pack everyone up and you load everything in the car and, and off you go on your way to Disney World. And everybody is happy. Everybody is excited. All, all the kids can talk about is all the fun that they're going to have once they get to Disney World. Hour after hour after hour you travel, but that's okay because we are on our way to Disney World. Finally you get there, and there it is. You can see it. You can hear the sounds that are coming from there. It's 
a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. When I took my kids and I heard that, I mean, it was weeks before I could get that out of my head. Evidently, it's still there. And over and over, you hear the sounds and you see the sights. You're there. You can see it. You're there. You can hear it. And all you have to do is get out and go in. But instead of going in, you choose to just sit there. How crazy is that? But may I suggest this morning that that is exactly what happened to the children of Israel? God used Moses to deliver them from slavery in Egypt. God promised them a land of their own. Oh, God described it as a land that flows with milk and honey. You know the story. God miraculously delivers them from Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. Oh, he leads them through the desert and he leads them right up to the very border of the land he promised them. When all the dust settles... The bottom line was they just didn't have what it would take to cross the border and take possession of what God had promised them. As I was reading Deuteronomy chapter 1 this past week, I, I I was absolutely overwhelmed with this thought. This is exactly where many of God's people live. On the border of the promised land. Oh, God has promised them a personal promised land. Oh, 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 he has led them out of Satan's captivity. He has led them through their own private wilderness. Oh, oh, he leads them all the way to their promised land. They can see it. Oh, they are that close. All they have to do is cross over the border and take possession. But for far too many, they never cross over. And they never set even one foot in their promised land. Never taking possession of God's incredible promises for them. God has given me a word to give to this church for this coming year. And the word is challenge. And today's challenge is cross over the border and take possession of your personal promised land. The challenge for you today, this morning, is, oh, oh, you have camped on the border for far too long. Oh, now is the time. Today is the day. Make up your mind that today, today you're going to fold up camp. Today, oh, you're going to leave camp. You have been camping far too long. Today, you're going to fold up the tent. Today, you're going to break camp. And today, you're going to cross over the border. And today is the day that you're going to take your first step in your own personal promised land. As I was reading through Deuteronomy chapter 1 this week, I saw seven things in verses 19 through 46. We got seven things that got to have to 
not camp too long in each one this morning. I'll try my best. The first thing that I discover here is, is, I, here is I discover the, re, the response. And the response is in verse 22. Moses says, but they replied, or they responded. What was their response? They said, first, hey, before we cross over, uh, uh, before we do what we're supposed to, well, first, let's, let's send out spies to discover oh, the best route of entry and, and to decide which cities that we ought to capture first. What? What? Why? Hasn't your God been leading you supernaturally? Oh, with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Don't you think that the God that got you out of Egypt, the God that led you through the desert, uh, the God that has brought you to the very border of the promised land, don't you think that the one that started this entire process, do you not think that he can finish what he has started? Don't you think it better to follow his plan rather than to devise your own plan? And how about us? Maybe the reason why we remain on the border of our promised land is because we too have taken over. Oh, we allowed God to take us this far, but now, now we have taken over and we are developing our own plan. Don't forget what I always say. It's in your notes. A God idea will work. A good idea will work you. See, here's what I've come to learn through much experience. Spend time seeking God. Get direction from Him and not just from some book. Nothing wrong with books. I read books. But I don't get my direction from some book. I don't get my direction from some mega pastor. I've learned it. God idea will work. A good idea will work you. You see, I've discovered that God has a specific plan for you and for me. It's not one size fits all with God. He's a very personal God. He's a very specific God. God wants something out of the grace place that he may not, want, may not be looking for in the church next door or the church down the street or the mega church across town. We've got to find out why we're here. And what God wants out of us. Amen. See, God has a... I just go dead? There I am. When God reveals His plan for you, or your ministry, or your particular situation... 
then, then you need to put all of your time, your talent, and your, and your treasure into fulfilling God's particular plan for you. Listen, friend, we need to focus on only moving when the cloud moves. Focus on what God told you to do, not on what everybody else thinks you ought to do. There's a lot of ideas in this room this morning. (laughs) If I opened it up this morning, wow, the ideas would just be coming from here and there and somewhere else. And they're not all bad. They're not all bad. But we need to focus on what God told us to do, not on what everybody else thinks that we ought to do or not even on what everybody else is doing. Well, they're doing, well, maybe God told them to do it. But until he tells us to do it, we will not do it. We will do what God told us to do. You see, the first step towards failure in any area of life is a loss of focus. A loss of focus. As long as the children of Israel followed God's plan, they were on target for reaching the promised land. But the moment they they began taking over and taking matters into their own hand, the moment they began to create their own plan, they immediately lost the blessing of God, immediately found themselves on the wrong road, a road that led them away from their promised land. Second thing I see here, I see the reasoning. Verse 23, Moses said, Well, it seemed like a good idea. How many, how many times have we ever said that? <laughs> Moses said it seemed, this seemed like a good idea. So, I chose 12 spies, one from every tribe. You've heard this story many times, but it, it fits what I want to say, and there's something particular I want to say, so bear with me, but... It was March the 26th, it was 1990, it was in Elk City, Oklahoma, it was 2 a.m. in the morning. When God spoke to my heart, as clear as God has ever spoken to me, he spoke to me these words, Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway. What was ironic was I had never been in the city of Midland my entire life, not even once. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that God was calling me to start a church from scratch, to do it in Midland, Texas, and to call it Harvest Time Church and to locate it on the highway that goes to Odessa. Now, at that point in time I, in my life, I was 36 years old. That was three years ago. <laughs> I was 36 years old. I had two kids. I had a great church over 300 on Sunday morning. I had a very comfortable lifestyle. I was living six blocks from the country club, had my own golf cart in my my garage, man, had the world by the tail, had it all going, man. Here it is. I'm set. Then I hear God say these things. If I did what I believed God was leading me to do, I would have to leave it all behind. And I would have to go start all over and start all over in a land I knew nothing about. And I'd have to start all over with absolutely nothing to start with and absolutely nobody to start with except me, my wife, and my two kids. If I could convince them to go. I mean, who wouldn't want that assignment? 
Here's what I want you to understand. God spoke to me once. One time. Very clearly, very, very clearly he spoke in my spirit, but only, only once. But may I tell you that the devil spoke to me a thousand times? God spoke once. The devil spoke daily, sometimes hourly. He reasoned with me. You're 36 years old. You got these two little kids. They're still in school. You know, they got out of school. They got to go to college, you know. You know, na, 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 you know. There's nothing down there. You don't know anybody down there. You're going to starve down there. No, nobody's going to, na, na, na. Look what you've got here, na, 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 na. He reasoned with me. He spoke logically to me. He told me a thousand reasons why I shouldn't do what God had told me to do. And one day God spoke again. And God said to me, the devil will provide you a reason not to go. I've never heard anything. God spoke to me that day and he said, the devil will provide you a reason not to go. I said, a reason? I got a thousand of them. The children of Israel were on the border of the promised land. All they had to do was just pick up their feet and cross over the border and take possession of what God had prepared for them. But instead, instead they chose to reason things Ah, uh, maybe we ought to think this thing over, they said. Uh, oh, maybe we better send some spies over to check things out. Why? Watch to check out. Didn't God promise this land to you? Oh, uh, don't you think that He knows what's already there? Don't you think He already has a plan? Here's what I've come to know. If you spend your time reasoning things out, after God has already spoken clearly to you and has already been leading you, if you begin to reason things out, chances are you will never get beyond the border. Chances are you will never possess what He prepared for you to possess. Because, see, the truth of the matter is, there are giants there. There are giants waiting on you in your promised land. There were giants there for the children of Israel to have to deal with. The truth of the matter is, the cities are walled and fortified. See, God didn't promise you it would be easy. And He didn't say there wouldn't be any opposition. May I tell you that my greatest opposition in beginning a brand new church in Midland, Texas in 1991 when I went there, I didn't find my greatest opposition in the devil's crowd. I found it among my own brothers and sisters, not only in Christ, but in my own fellowship. 
God didn't promise you that, that it would be easy. He, he didn't say there would not be opposition, but he did promise you the land. And he did promise to lead you into the land. And he did promise to help you take possession of the land. Stop reasoning and start trusting. Stop planning and start obeying. Back to my personal story. As I began to listen to the reasoning and began to listen to the logic that the devil was bombarding my mind with every single day, I began to waver just a little bit in my faith. And one day my wife got in my face. And my wife told me, honey, it's okay to be scared. What you're facing, you'd be you know, it would be crazy not to be scared. It's okay, honey, it's okay to be scared. She said, but let's not let fear keep us from doing what God told you we are supposed to do. Amen. And so my wife said to me, she said, she said, honey, put all the logistics aside. She said, put all the logical arguments aside and just answer this one question. I only have one question for you, honey. And here's the question. Did God say, Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway? I said, yes, he did. <laughs> Man of my house, I'll squeak up. I said, yes, he did. And so we forgot about the reasoning and simply obeyed God. And Harvest Time Church in Midland, Texas was born. And eventually we built a building on the highway between uh, uh, Midland, Odessa on Highway 191. Uh, just as God had said, and 23 years have come and gone, and it is still there today. And, it is, and God is still using it. But my question is, how about you today? Will you possess your promised land? Or will you let the devil reason you out of it? Third thing I see here is the rebellion. The rebellion is found in verse 24 through 28. And just for sake of time, I'm not going to read all these scriptures this morning. It'll help us with time. But you can read the scriptures and see that I'm just preaching you right from the story. The 12 spies saw with their own eyes. They saw that the land was everything that God said it was and more. And yet because of the inhabitants of the land and because of the walled fortified cities, because of the circumstances, they rebelled and began to murmur and began to complain. This is in your notes. Fill it in this morning. Circumstances. Circumstances are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. Circumstances are what you see when you get your eyes off the goal, that's why the devil tries to get us to lose our focus. Because when we lose our focus, we start looking at the circumstances. That's what happened to Peter when he was moonwalking on the water. I mean, he's out there bebopping on the water, man. He's, you know, he's sanguine. He's, he's showing off. And as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he could walk on top of the water, just like Jesus did. He only went down only after he took his eyes off of Jesus. He only worried about the wind and the waves only after he lost focus. 
The children of Israel stopped listening to God and started listening to man. That'll get you in trouble every time. Verse 28, they said, our brethren, our brethren have discouraged our hearts. <laughs> have been discouraged by our brother or sister. Don't look around. <laughs> our brethren have discouraged our hearts saying, the people, the people are greater. The people are bigger than we. The cities, the cities are great and walled and fortified up to heaven. And don't forget those giants that are there. My question to you today is, who will you choose to listen to? Will you choose to listen to the voice of the people, or will you choose to listen to the voice of God? People will say, hey, Peter, I wouldn't recommend you doing that. Hey, Peter, nobody walks on the water. Hey, Peter, don't do it. God will say, hey, Pete, you got the faith to do it? Come on out here. Come on. Amen? Amen. People will say, ah, you better not cross over. Ah, you better, better stay on this side of the border. Ah, ah, you better not cross over to the other side of the border. Man, man, do you not know what's over there? Do you not know what's over there? Oh, the giants are over there, man. Better stay on this side of the border. Oh, oh, oh. but God says, I didn't promise you the border. I didn't promise you the border. I, I, I promise you your very own land. And it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Oh, what's it going to be this morning? Are you going to camp forever on the border? Or are you going to accept the challenge and cross over into your very own personal promised land? The fourth thing that I see here is the reassurance. The reassurance, and it's found in verses 29 through 31. Again, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell the story. Moses tries to reassure his people that God is going to take care of them. He tried to reassure them. The same God <laughs> He'll move faster next time, won't he? It's my fault. I told myself, change the battery day. But you know me, I try to conserve. I said, oh, I can go one more Sunday. <laughs> Almost. The reassurance. Moses tried to reassure them that the same God that worked miracles for them in Egypt and in the wilderness was more than able to work miracles for them in the promised land. And so it is with us today. Hasn't God provided for us and protected us in the past? 
I can tell you personally that, that there have been times when I have had a lot and there have been a few times when I have had a little, but I have always had enough. I've had some bad times and I've had some good times. I've had, I've had some seasons of battle and I've had some seasons of peace. Yet here I stand today. Let me reassure you like Moses tried to reassure his people. God is for you. Oh, he loves you. He has awesome plans for you. And he will work those awesome plans out in and through you if, if, if. Oh, if you will trust him. If you will obey him. If you will be willing to leave the border behind and take the first step across the border and into your personal promised land. The fifth thing that I see here is the reaping. It's found in verses 34 through 40. Finally, God has it. I mean, he just had it up to here. How many knows God gets ticked off sometimes? Read the Bible. He gets ticked off sometimes. God had had enough of their grumbling, stumbling, murmuring, complaining. He had had enough. They had sowed seeds of complaining, seeds of blaming, seeds of ungratefulness, seeds of contempt. Now it was time to reap the harvest of the seeds they had sown. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Can I tell you something that most grace, grace pastors will not tell you? No matter how much God loves you, He will never interrupt the law of the harvest. And the law of the harvest is if you sow, you will reap. Sow good seeds, you'll reap a good harvest. Sow bad seeds, you'll reap a, a bad harvest. God will never refuse to forgive you when you repent. Remember that. Remember that no matter how many times you failed Him, no matter how bad or awful that you've been, God will never, ever fail to forgive you when you repent. But, even though God forgives us, he will not interrupt the law of the harvest. And we will reap a harvest from the seeds we have sown. The harvest the children of Israel reaped was God's punishment. And God's punishment for them was they would never possess the promised land. Their kids would, but not them. Oh, what a sad, sad story. Oh, you see, God had such plans for them. Oh, God wanted to do so much more for them. But their actions and reactions prevented them from experiencing the fullness of the blessing of God. And I wonder how many of God's blessings that you and I miss out on because of our grumbling, because of our complaining. Or because of our lack of faith. Or because of our disobedience. Or our contentment to just set up camp and live on the border of the promised 
land. I can tell you that there have been two, possibly three times in my life when I was very, very much tempted to set up camp and just live on the border of my own personal promised land. But I am so very, very glad that I didn't. The sixth thing that I see here, real quickly, found in verses 41 through 46, and that's the regret. The Israelites missed their opportunity. Listen to me. Hear this. This is good. You see, it's not just important to obey God. It's important to obey God in His time. Not in your time. Because you see, write this down. Delayed obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I tell you that when I went to Midland and when things took off and when God helped us to build an incredible church, there were people that said, boy, Benson timed this right. Boy, he got here just in time. It was the timing. That's what his success is. He got here just in time. And I said, yes, I did. I got here just on God's time. Because God's time is always perfect. You see, the children of Israel, they missed their window of opportunity. But once they realized they missed their window of opportunity, they tried to do it anyway, but it was too late, and they failed. Read it. And so they fell on their knees, and they wept, and they cried, oh, in regret. But the Bible said God refused to hear them. So let me challenge you today, if God gives you an instruction, if God gives you direction, if God opens a door for you, break camp. Oh, fold up your tents. Oh, and cross over the border and take your first step into your personal promised land. And do it when God tells you to do it. Write this down this morning. Fear is temporary. Regret is forever. I can't speak for you this morning, but I would rather face my fear of the unknown and step into my destiny by crossing the border than to play it safe and camp on the border and then have to live with regret for the rest of my life. The last thing that I see in this account You find it in verse 34 through 38, and that is, I find the remnant, the remnant. Only two adults, think about this, only two adults over the age of 20, out of all of the hundreds of thousands of adults that left Egypt, only two adults over the age of 20 would be permitted to enter the promised land. Only two The multitude would only go as far as the border of the promised land. Only a remnant would actually cross over the border and actually take possession of the promised land. And so it is today. May I tell you by experience that the majority 
will be content to set up camp and live on the border of the promised land. The majority will not be willing to face the giants that will have to be conquered if they indeed cross the border and go into their promised land. The majority will not be willing to be stretched. They will not be willing to leave the comfort and the ease of where they are in order to get where God wants to take them. real question this morning is how will it be for you? Will you stay with the majority? Will you continue to live on the border of the promised land? Man, I mean, you're so close. Man, you can see it, man. But how long have you been there? How long have you longed uh, for what is awaiting for you over on the other side of the border? But day comes and day goes. Day comes and day goes. Week comes and week goes. Year comes and year goes. And here you are, still camping on the border promised land. May I be so bold as to say to the grace place today, we're not really in the promised land yet. Oh, we've got the building and it's beautiful. But God's promised land for us wasn't just a building. And it wasn't just a name. The truth of the matter is we're still on the border or we have just barely crossed over and barely got maybe one big toe on the other side. God has plans and dreams for this church that knock your socks off. But it would be easy for us to say, we've arrived. We had two long years of wandering in the wilderness, man. We had to move the musical instruments. Our old church got dirty. We had two years of wandering in the wilderness. Now that we're here, Can't we just set up camp and bask and enjoy? We can. And look around this morning. This is a beautiful congregation. You know, when the average church in America averages 90, and we probably got 390 here, we're doing pretty cotton-picking good. Compared to the average, we're doing awesome. But this isn't all that God has called us to. What are we going to do about it? 
What are we going to do about it as a church? What are you going to do about it as an individual? Oh, are you tired of camping? Are you ready to, to break camp? Are you ready to fold up the tents today? Amen. Are you ready this morning to take the challenge? Are you ready this morning? This will be the very first day. Amen. You can put your very first step this morning. Amen. You can leave the border behind once and for all. And you can take your first step today over across the border into the promised land, into the land that flows with milk and honey into the land that God has called you to. I'm telling you, God has incredible, amazing, awesome, unbelievable things and plans for your life. Are you going to camp forever or are you going to cross over? Stand with me. Worship team getting back in place this morning, please. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be this morning? This is the year of challenge. And the challenge today is to stop camping, fold up the tents. You've been where you are long enough. I don't know what area it is in your life. I don't know. Does it matter to me? It's not for me to know, but you know what that area is, is in your life. Is your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. If you're willing this morning to accept the challenge, to fold up your tents this morning, to break camp today, to leave where you are and take the first step into the unknown. The first step into your personal promised land. If you're willing to accept that challenge today, I want you to come this morning. And as you come, you are accepting the challenge. You are camping no longer now you are crossing over to your individual promised land. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. How about the church today? How about as a church? Are you willing to 
not only cross over, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other and becoming all that God wants us to become, actually becoming people full of grace. If you as a church, you're sitting there and you say, hey, hey, I want our church to cross over the border. I want us to get not only barely across, but I want us to get out there in the middle. I want us to get exactly and precisely where God wants us to get. Would you come this morning representing the church? I'm inviting every one of you this morning. Inviting every one of you this morning. Come on in a little closer if you would. Make room for others. Come on up. There's plenty of room. Plenty of room for you. More to come. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I feel directed of the Lord to go this direction for just one moment. Some of you are on the border of the promised land in the area of salvation. You come to church, you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit tugging you, tugging on you, you hear the altar call that goes forth. You're just about to lift up your hand. You're just about to respond, but you start reasoning things out in your mind like, I don't know about all this. Is this really real? Is this just my emotion? What will my buddies think? What will my family think? And often you've been at the very edge of the salvation promised land. But for whatever reason, you pull back and you've never crossed over. So your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you're here today and you want to give your heart and life to Christ, you today want to become saved. I want you to lift your hand and lift it up really high and let me just recognize someone has lifted their hand. I will not call your name or call you out, but this will let me know that you want me to help you and help lead you in a salvation prayer this morning. All over this room, you've never, you've never, you've been camping on the edge for years. You've got really, really close several times, but you've never crossed over the border into salvation. Today is your day. It's today. Today's the day for you. Lift your hand up real high so I can see. All right. Thank you. And you, God bless you. Thank you for helping me also to see these that, that have lifted their hand. There's two. Two young ladies that have lifted their hand this morning. How many others this morning? Thank you, sir. Another young man. How many others this morning? Thank you back there. God bless you. How many others this morning? All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Five or six lifted their hand. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's not this prayer that saves you, but it's it's the change that's going to come in your heart. It's it's the fact that you are calling out to God. This is just a vehicle or an avenue or a way or a means to get you to God. 
So pray this prayer with me. Say it after me. Repeat it after me. But don't just say it as words, but say it as what you mean in your heart. Everyone's going to say it, not just you, so no one is singled out. Pray this prayer with me, Heavenly Father. I'm not saved. I want to be saved. I can't save myself. But I don't have to. You did for me what I could not do for myself. Today, I trust in what Jesus did for me on the cross. I don't trust in myself. I trust in Him and what He did. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross. I believe He arose from the dead to purchase my salvation. So I I place my faith, trust, and confidence in Jesus Christ for my salvation. If you prayed that prayer minute with all of your heart this morning, the Lord heard you and He saved you, give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for everyone that came this morning, Lord, those, Lord, that, Lord, they've been on the border, Lord, of the promised land for far too long. This is the day. Today is the day, Lord. Today is the day, Lord, when they have chosen, Lord, they have chosen, Lord, God, to stop camping on the, on the other side. But, Lord, that today is the day that they have decided to take the very first step across the border. Lord, today they are putting their foot, Lord, in the promised land for the very first time. And, God, I pray that they will keep marching and keep going forward. They will not go back. They will not go weary, but God, they will see the fullness of God and the fullness of the blessing of God and see the fullness of the provision and the promises that God has for them for their own personal and particular lives as they enjoy walking in their own personal promised land. Give the Lord a shout of praise one more time in His house today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.